Hope you came prepared, prepared for a spiritual meal, for God to do something. I got, I'll start with a question. Who here would say, raise your hand, if you say that you're somebody that, you're a plant person. You like plants, you have plants around the house. Yeah, hand went up right there. Quite a few of you, you know, are plants, you grow plants. I should always rephrase that since we're talking to Meadows Church. You grow legal plants, right? All right. Some of you are like, oh, legal, well, that changes everything. Oh, uh, no, so... Jody and I, we're not, we're not plant people. I mean, we have them in our house, and we do our best to keep them alive, right? I mean, seriously, I don't know why they keep dying. We literally water them like every week, and it just, they die. So um, it's hard work. We have plants like in our back patio, and they've done pretty well throughout the summer. Like one was doing really well, and I've been watering it whenever I think about it. And I remember, I remember saying, this one's really blossoming good. Like this one's really full. The other one's not so much. And Jody's like, you've been watering that one? I said, yeah, I've been watering that one. She goes, that one's fake. I said, well, then we should get all fake plants because that looks good. I'm like, that one's easy to take care of. I've been watering a fake plant for like three weeks. Anyway, so, um, but, but their work, gardens are work. I grew up with a garden on the farm. And I remember always having to go out there and pull weeds. I mean, there's always something. For something to grow, for gardens to grow, like you need, what do you need? You need, you need sunlight. I mean, you need water. You need to pull weeds. Even when I say the word pull weeds, it takes me backwards in my walk with Jesus. Do you know why? Because that was my first job. It's literally my first paid job, pulling weeds. Not little tiny weeds out of a plant, but huge Goliath weeds. I mean, like sunflowers. This, I mean, anybody ever walk beans? I wonder if you, uh, yeah. Some of you, you know. I mean, the, the younger ones, they'll never, oh, if you've never done it, you should praise God right now. I don't know why you're not. It is, it was the worst. I mean, Three thing we had three things when we were they, somebody would come pick us up teenage boys pick us up drop us off in some desolate field to 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 pick these weeds and we had three things with us you know what they were we had we had <laughs> we had a, a jug of water literally like a jug of water with some ice in it we had a pair of work gloves and we had absolutely no hope okay that's what we had the, no hope it's like see you in six hours I'm like oh my gosh I just want to die it was terrible but there was one time. We got dropped off at a farm, and it, wasn't, it, it, it was different. And it was actually something that excited me about walking beans. And it was this. The farmer comes out, and he's like, all right, you guys are the guys I'm taking to the field. We're like, yeah, it's us, you know, 13, 14-year-old kids. And he's like, he, he, he reaches down and starts handing us, handing us each something. You know what he handed us? You're, you're not going to believe it. He starts handing teenage boys a machete, like a huge knife. And at first I thought, are you insane? And then secondly, I thought, this is cool. I mean, I felt like Michael Myers in a Halloween movie. I'm like, oh, yeah. So I, that, and he goes, you don't have to pull them. He goes, you just chop them. And I'm like, this is, this is awesome. It felt like they were paying me. I, I remember we took one path, patch, or one path down and then one round back. And we get back and we, and we start with, you know, we're, we're kids. We're teenage boys. We're like, hey, let's, let's have a competition. This is we weren't the sharpest knives in the bean field. Let's just put it that way. They said, let's have a competition. Let's, let's flip the knife, uh, this big. Let's flip it and catch it, you know. It just, I mean, I'm sorry. So this is just the way it was. So we all flip it one time. We take turns and we catch the handle. And now it's time to flip it two times, right? We're going to set some sort of a record, I'm sure. So I say, I'll go first. So, so machete, this long. And I grab it and I flip it once, twice. And I'm like, yes. And I was like, ah. It, it, it flipped one and a half times. Uh, if that tells you anything, I still have a scar right here. I'll show it to you, you know, when we talk sometimes. So right here, there's still a scar from that machete almost chopping my finger off. So you're looking at me like, what are you dumb? I'm like, yes, we were dumb. 
Yes. My God, who gives kids weapons like that? He should be, you should be glad I didn't grow up to be some sort of a terrorist. I mean, who does that? It was, we, that was the first and last time we ever got to use knives, uh, walking beans. But I say that because I know something about planting. I know something about gardening. I know something about weeds. Anything that you plant, if you want something to grow, it's got to be planted. Say planted. Planted. That's the title of today's message. And it's, the, so if you're new, let me get you up to speed. We've been in a series called Together. And we're looking at when, when people come together, what God, he used to, not used to, he still does, do amazing miracles. Like his power seems to be almost magnified when people come together. And we've been looking at the first church in Acts. Because I'm telling you something, I, I want what they had. They saw the hand of God like none other. And, and I know that God is allowing things to get shaken up in our world because he desperately wants us to, he wants our hearts. And I know that th they were doing things that were so supernatural, so crazy. But here's the thing, the first church, why they were doing that? They were planted, not just like collectively, but individually. And, and they were planted, and because they were planted, they were blessed. And they were blessed, and they were a blessing. See, I believe God wants to bless you. And I'm not, I'm not afraid to tell you that, and you shouldn't be afraid to receive it. Because God is a God that gives good gifts to his children. That's what the Bible says. Now, when I say blessing, what I'm not saying is, oh, God's going to make it easy. The first church, those planted early ones, they didn't have it easy. They were more persecuted than you and I will ever be. But God wants to bless you. Now, when I say God wants to bless you, if the first thing that you think about is, is material things, then I would say to you, you have no idea what it truly means to be blessed. You have no idea. God is so, there's people that live on $2 a day that are more blessed than we ever will be. You know what I'm saying? Blessings are, there's so much more than that. We have such a, a limited perspective of what God wants to do in our life. But the first church was blessed. And I believe in this season of COVID-19, that's a pandemic, yeah. But I think there's a bigger pandemic a much lar on a much larger scale. And that is this, that most people, especially in our country, are walking around unplanted. They're walking around, and, and, they're, and if you're unplanted, if you're, if you're a seed that you're not planted, you'll never reach your potential. You'll never grow. You'll never impact others the way God wants you to impact others. And, and why would we let that happen? But most people do. Oh, God's got a word for you. What, what God is going to show us today through his word, I'm going to show you that your purpose is to be planted. Say planted. You need to know this. So what does it mean to be planted, pastor? What are you talking about? I'm glad you asked. I'll tell you what I'm talking about. But to tell you that, i got to tell you a story. I was at a church planting conference this week, Wednesday, through for a few days this week. And we're talking, and we're talking about what's going on in churches and how God is really just doing some great things, but it's very difficult to lead anything right now. If you're a leader in any capacity, even in your family, you know that we're in a season where it's, it's, just, it's just a new territory. And we're talking about what is exactly what we're talking about in the series. What does God want to do? And I, I believe with all my heart God wants us to bring us back to him. He, he wants us to plant in our roots to go down deep in him. Because for so many people they're not. And for so many churches they're not. Why was the first church planted and blessed so much? I'll, I'll tell you why. Because their trust was in God and their hope and their confidence was in God. That's how you know they were planted. I'm going to give you a scripture that really sets the tone for today. You don't have to turn to Jeremiah. In fact, if you brought a Bible or a mobile app, which I beg you to do every week, I'll put them on the screen for you. Uh, but I, I want you to own it. I want you to own it. I want you to have your own so you can personalize and underline. Um, you need to go to Matthew 13. 
So Matthew is the first book of the New Testament, and it, and it really, it, the New Testament is really when Jesus came to earth in physical form. That's when the New Testament is, is, is birthed. Before that was the Old Testament. So anyway, go to Matthew 13, and we'll be there in a second. But, but let me set the tone with Jeremiah, a scripture that the first church would have known well. Jeremiah, a prophet in the Old Testament. In verse seven, or chapter 17, verses 7 and 8, when it comes to being planted, lean in. Check this out. But blessed, say blessed. It's okay to say blessed. It's okay to say that God wants to bless me because he does want to bless you. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. That sounds a lot like the church in Acts to me. They are like trees planted along the riverbank with roots that reach down deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by the long months of drought. Their leaves, they stay green, and they never stop producing fruit. This is the goal. See, when you're planted, you're going to grow. If you're healthy, healthy things grow. I'm, I guarantee you, it's one of our core values, growth. Healthy things grow, but to grow, you got to be planted. And if you're planted, and you're healthy, and you're growing, you know what else you're going to do? You're going to produce fruit. You won't even have to try. It will just happen. What do you mean produce fruit? I mean that you're going to be able to nourish not just yourself, but nourish those around you. Impact other lives. Help other people. Lead other people in a way that God wants you to lead other people. Your purpose isn't about you. I don't want to burst your bubble. But ultimately, when you understand that, when you don't make it about you, God makes it all about you. It, it, it's amazing. It is amazing. Say planted. So let me get personal. Most of my life going to church, some of you know this, I would show up, check it off a list, and I would leave. And nothing would change. Nothing was different. I was the same person I was before, and, and, and I was investing time. So you shouldn't, if that's your story, and I'll be honest, that's a lot of people's story that are in church. It is. And I don't fault them. I mean, that was me. But if that's your story right now, this message is for you. If you say to yourself, I'm investing in church, I'm attending church, but I, why am I not changing, okay? Why am I not growing? Why am I still the same jack wagon I was last week? Well, because you're a jerk, that's why. I'm just kidding. No, uh, so because there's something you must do. There's something you must do. This is for anybody that's seeking something that you're not, you're not getting. You're, you feel like you're putting something in, but you're, you feel like nothing is changing in you. Oh, God's got a word for you, but you must be planted. Now to the, now to the main scripture that we, God has for us. The main scripture is a parable that Jesus is, is, is teaching. And the parable is all about being planted and all about sowing and seed. A lot of Jesus' parables talked, was, uh, had agriculture at the center because that was a big deal. It's still a big deal, but it's really big back then. So, so check this out. If you want to live a life that's planted and to be, your purpose it only begins when you're planted, this is for you. Matthew 13, 3. Jesus, the Lord, speaking. Listen, he says. A farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across the field, some of the seeds fell on the footpath, like, like almost a sidewalk area. Well, the birds came and quickly ate them. Other seeds, Jesus said, fell in just shallow soil. With underlying rocks, which is hard under there, but barely in the dirt. These seeds, they sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but, but the plants soon withered under the hot sun. Since they didn't have deep roots, ultimately, they died. Still, there was a third type of seed, Jesus said. 
And these seeds fell among the thorns. They grew up right away, but they were quickly choked out. The, the, the weeds quickly choked out the tender plants. And finally, Jesus says there's a fourth type. And that fourth type, these other seeds, they fell on fertile soil. And they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as been, had been planted. This is an amazing story, but, but like so many of Jesus' miracle, or not miracles, but parables, like so many, when Jesus would give the parables, much of his audience didn't get it. Like, honestly, even his closest disciples sometimes were like, huh? Like, I don't get it, Jesus. It, Jake, it's like when you and I are looking at your math homework, and you're like, you explain a math problem to me in seventh grade, and you're like, yeah, yeah, I did, come on, do this, do this, carry this, and you're like, dad, you get it? And I'm like, Jake... I have no idea what language you're even speaking right now. Like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, none. Like, was that English? I'm like, Jake, I can't help. Go ask your mother, right? And then I'm sure mom takes care of it. But it's like, no comprende. So Jesus breaks it down. Jesus says, let me tell you what it means, what I just said. Let me tell you about those four types. Let me tell you about the seed and the soil. You ready for this? So he continues. Now, this is Matthew 13, 19. Jesus breaks it down. Say one, the first type. The seed that fell on the footpath, remember the hard pan, the sidewalk almost, the dirt? It represents those who hear a message about the kingdom, but they don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. Say hardened. Hardened. So, so it's hardened. Remember, it fell on the footpath. It fell on the, the hard pan. So you could say that the hearts were hardened. This is the first type of soil, if you will. So Jesus is saying, what happens? They heard about the kingdom, like you're hearing about the kingdom of God right now, but they didn't receive it. They didn't understand it. Not because, not because it was just so complicated, but the reality was they didn't want to understand it. They didn't want to. It's kind of like in the Old Testament when they talk about Pharaoh and, and, and God hardened Pharaoh's heart uh, when the Israelites were supposed to go out of Egypt, you know, with Moses. Well, God hardened Pharaoh's heart, but, but Pharaoh, Pharaoh's heart was already hardened, right? God was just, you know, confirming what was already in his heart. You know, Pharaoh didn't want it. So they're not understanding the word, not because I just don't get it, the Bible's so complicated. Honestly, the Bible's not that complicated, is it? I mean, seriously, don't murder. Seems pretty simple. Love others. Okay, I mean, you know, pray. I mean, seriously, it's not too, too complicated. But, but they didn't receive it. So who would be in this camp? This would be like unbelievers would fall in this camp. And, and if you're not a believer, I thank God that you're here today. Let, let's watch what happens. Thank God you're here. I think it's awesome. But unbelievers, maybe uh, doubters, somebody that's really not on board with God's word, somebody that uh, uh, is really questioning and doubting and, and thinking, you know what, Jesus, this whole Jesus thing, it's good for you, but it, that ain't for me. You, you know, the church thing, you can do that, but that's not for me. The, 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 the soil, their hearts have been hardened. That's who's in this camp. This is much of the world, much of America, and, and a lot of them don't even know it. So God's going to reveal things to you. So say two. Two, this is the second type. You ready for this? Jesus breaks it down. The seed that fell on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and they immediately receive it with joy. This is a lot of people fall into this category. They receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. 
They fall away. As soon as they got issues, as soon as they got problems, as soon as they're persecuted for what they believe in God's word, it's done. In other words, they're in church and they're hearing the word of God and it's all good. In the moment, it feels so good. It's like, oh, I just love the feeling. Oh, they played my favorite worship song. I raise a hallelujah. I just love that song. It's so good to me. So good. I don't know why they don't have me singing up here all the time. Do you? Don't get it. But it's this feeling that you get. But as soon as you leave this room or this building, which isn't the church you are, as soon as you leave, it leaves with you. And it's gone. And this is, this is a lot of people. It may be a lot of you. It was me. By the way, I was in every one of these categories. So if you're, if you're in this category, praise God that God is revealing to you where you're at. Say shallow. That's where you're at. That you're in shallow soil. You're shallow. So as soon as anything happens, as soon as somebody questions God's word and you, can't, you don't seem to be able to back it up or you're not on board with it, you're, you're in their camp. And, and, and you turn, you, 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 don't, you don't stand up for it. This is where it's at. And I get, I get so nervous sometimes. And, and, and trust me, the whole, when the Holy Spirit moves in your life, you'll, you'll feel it. It's okay to have that feeling. But when somebody's always telling me, oh, I just, I just had this feeling. Oh, I just felt the Holy Spirit. Oh, and they played that favorite song, and it just felt so good. And, and God just uh, spoke to me, and he will speak to you. And that should be happening. But if, but if it's always based on a feeling, I just, I just, I'm like kind of nervous about that. Because faith isn't based on feelings. What happens next week when they don't play your favorite worship song? Okay? What happens next week when you don't have that warm, fuzzy feeling? Then what? Your faith can't be based on feelings. It can't be. Your faith must be based on your Father. You put your hope and your confidence in Him. Yeah, you should praise that. That's good. God's good. That's what you want. I get those feelings too, but there's days I'm the pastor of this place. Jody's like, get out of bed. You got to preach. I'm like, no, you preach. I don't want to be. You know, so let's just be honest. Jody, you want to preach? No? Okay, all right. I just want to throw it out there. So, here we go. Say three. There's a third type. So there's, there's the, there's the um, hardened heart, and then there's a shallow. It doesn't mean you're bad. It doesn't mean you're bad. It just means that's where you're at, okay? Third, the seed that fell among the thorns. Remember that one? It represents those who hear God's word. Oh, that's good. But all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of life. And, and the lure of wealth. And, 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 and no fruit is produced. By the way, no fruit is produced on any of those first three. If you were wondering. None. So there's no fruit. So, so what is it? So I call this one worldly. Say worldly. This is, you're, you're wrapped up in the world. And this is so easy to do. And, and as soon as you walk out of here, you're like, all right, God is my strength. God is my refuge. I, I will pray about, I won't worry about anything. I'll pray about everything. But as soon as you get out of here, you start worrying about everything. And you start getting wrapped up in the temporal. Okay, there are things that we need to be focused on in the world, but you're not of this world if you're in Christ. Jake, you had to remind me this week on the way to your baseball game. I was, we have some stuff going on and I'm like, and he knew I was flustered and I'm, I'm, I'm got this on my mind, this big thing going on and, 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 and Jake's like, Jake comforting his dad, who's the pastor. Dad, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And I'm like, I said, you, you know, Jake, you're right. I said, Philippians 4, 6 says it. Worry about nothing, pray about everything. And Jake, what'd you say? You're like, Dad, that's good. I said, I know it's God's word. And he's like, text that to me. So I texted it to you and your sister, because you guys need more of God's word than you too, right? So it's, I just, 
It, but, but we say those things maybe in a church setting, but, 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 but as soon as we leave, we're focused on the temporal. We're focused on, it, like if you're more focused on climbing the corporate ladder than you are pointing your family to Jesus, th this is your camp. That's where you're at. If you find yourself talking about the political scene more, more than what God is doing in your heart and more about reaching others in his name, you, you're, you're wrapped up in the worldly. Now, I'll tell you what I've always told you. You should be voting, okay? It's your God-given right, your privilege to vote. You should vote. But, but, but don't get so wrapped up in everything and all the, don't let the politics blind you from the person, that you might be arguing with or that you might not agree with. I can't stress it enough. If you find yourself dominated by the news, dominated by what you see on social media, dominated by what your friends think about what's going on in the world, or what's, I mean, at the end of the day, it's all temporal. Yes, we're gonna have a new a president. Yeah, we're gonna have new people uh, in different arenas, in governments and you know, in different states. Yeah, those things change up sometimes. But at the end of the day, God does not change. Okay, the government rests on his shoulders. You should know the issues. You should vote your moral compass according to God's word. But my gosh, don't get so wrapped up in what is temporary. Because at the end of the day, you'll produce no fruit. Say four. This is the camp. This is the goal. And honestly, most people, according to scripture, are not here. But that's why I believe God brought you here is to bring you here. Jesus speak to us. He says in verse 23, the seed that fell on the good soil, it represents those who truly hear and understand God's word. They want to get it. Like they're receptive for it. They want to receive it. They understand and they hear God's word and they produce. They produce. They produce. So they're hearing it and they're receiving it and then they're producing. To produce, you got to do. Okay, nothing just happens by itself in production. You got to go and you got to do something. They produce a harvest of 30, 60, even 100 times as much that has, that has been planted. They are planted. This is the goal. Their roots have gone down deep. It takes time. It does. But you'll know when you're there. You'll, you, how you'll know is... You'll want that community with others. You'll want to gather and be around others that lift you up and you lift them up and you encourage them and they encourage you. You will want that. So you're doing life together. You'll be sharing your faith. You'll, you'll be inviting people to church. You'll be generous. You'll be, you'll be giving because you knew you were created in God's image and he's a giver. You'll serve because, my gosh, my king came not to be served but to serve others. So you're doing these things and it's amazing. In other words, what I'm saying is you're no longer going to church. But instead, you are being the church. By the way, Jesus never said, come and attend me. Jesus said, come and follow me. And when you're following Jesus, your life will change. It will. You can't be planted and not change if you're in the good soil. I'll break it down. Let, let's spend two minutes acting like we're really smart, okay? This is always fun. So uh, let's learn some more Greek because that makes me feel like I know what I'm doing as a pastor when I teach you Greek. So uh, say ecclesia. ecclesia. Say ecclesia. ecclesia. Look at you. You say that to your friend this week. And they'll be like, what are you speaking Greek? You're like, yeah, actually, I am. Thank you. Ecclesia. Ecclesia is a Greek word that literally means church. The word itself means assembly or gathering what we're talking about but if you break the word down you'll see that it means more than that 
Like there's more to it than just gathering. There's more to it than just an assembly. So ek, the first part of the word, literally means out. The preposition part means out. The second, the klesia, the klesia, the verb part of that would be kaleo. It means called or to call. Put them together to call out. Called out. Church isn't just here. In fact, I contend church begins when we leave here. You are called out into the world, into love week like we just experienced. I pray it doesn't stop. I pray it continues. You are called out. But you can't be called out until you're planted in. You can't be. You're no, you won't produce fruit, not eternal fruit. Not out there until you're planted deep, until your roots go deep. I mean, it's like, so I'm, t- I'm like begging as I prayed to God about this message. And we talked about the church. And I don't want church to be like it was. I don't. I don't want, you know what church has been? It's been uh, for, for many, like for the last, I'd say, 50 years, the majority of the church is, is coming and attending. And that's all I did. I thought, well, that's what church is. You come and sit for an hour and hang out and then you leave. It's so much more. It's so much more. It's when you're planted and you're called out. I, I'm, I'm plant somewhere. And I'll hear people be like, you know, I tried. I, I tried the church or I tried that. didn't work. You know, I, I'll tell them you weren't planted. You weren't planted. Well, I tried a life group and got into the group and, you know, people were weird. And I'm like, are you just finding that out now? People are weird, you know? I'm like, I read a stat that three out of every four people are weird. And then it said that you're one of the three. So, I mean, who knew? But you're weird. Turn to your neighbor and tell them you're weird. It's okay. They already, well, maybe they didn't know it. Now they do. Yes, people are weird. It's so funny, though. People think, well, I'm just going to do it, and God's going to do something. We think it's just a microwave faith. It's just going to happen like that. I'm going to plant it today, and it's just going to be a a 20-foot oak tomorrow. I mean, it's not going to be easy. It's not easy to stay planted and be planted. It's not. You're going to face opposition this week. I'll guarantee you, you're going to face obstacles this week. Someone's going to make you mad. Someone's going to probably cut you off in traffic. Probably me. I apologize in advance. But someone's going, you know, and yes, people can be weird. People aren't just weird. They're crazy. Did you know people are crazy? Like, honestly, if there's life on other planets, I swear they're using Earth for their insane asylum. I don't know. I'm just thinking about that. I'm like, people are crazy. But they matter to God. They matter to God. And when crazy people come, to the get, come together under the umbrella of Jesus Christ, God will use them to change the world if they're planted. If they're planted, plant somewhere. Even if it's not Meadows. If you're a first-time guest, I'll tell you what I tell a lot of first-time guests. Would I love Meadows Church to be for you? Of course I would. Of course I would. I, think we're the, I, I personally think we're the greatest church in the world. I just, that's, that's why I sold out to it. But I'm not just sold out to Meadows. I'm, Jesus Christ didn't just die for Meadows Church. I'll remind you again. Jesus Christ died for the church. So if Meadows is your, if you feel like you resonate with Meadows and you're like, oh yeah, purpose and that and whatever, great. But if you don't, then let's find a church. Because I don't care at the end of the day. I want you planted where God wants you planted. Because I want you to make a difference like God created you to make a difference. That's what I want. But this might not be for you. You might think that pastor is kind of loud and obnoxious. You might think that. But if you think I'm bad, check this out. I heard there was a pastor that was like on stage trying to dance like he was Michael Jackson. Can you believe that? I mean, who does that? It's heresy. (laughs) Okay, I didn't know if I was going to tell this story, but I will. (laughs) Just so you can get a little view into my world. 
Last weekend, uh, after, church, after service here, I like to go in the back, and I, uh, during the final song, I'll go back there because I want to get ready to see you and love you and pray for you and meet you. I love that. So, like, my favorite part of this. So check this out. Last weekend, after the second, or after uh, the 11 o'clock service, I'm back there, and I'm talking to one of our dream team members, one of our volunteers, and, he, and he's, uh, he's part of guest services. So as I'm talking to him, I'm like, hey, how's it going? And he said, he said oh, pretty good. He said, by the way, you'll be getting... <laughs> You can't make this stuff up. I'm sorry. You'll be getting an email this week. And I said, oh. He said, yeah, from a guest. I said, oh. I said, I mean, did he say anything? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. He didn't appreciate, you know, the humor and, you know, the, the things that you did on the stage. And I thought to myself, gosh, I hope you gave him my right email, Pastor Monty at I don't give a rip.com, you know. <laughs> so, I mean, oh, oh, I'm sorry. You, you meant you wanted church to, to just, you know, you, it, listen to me. If you want dry, monotone I mean, they're out there. You can find them. I, I'm just, it's so funny. You try to make church fun and enjoyable, something I never experienced growing up. But, but I don't, I'm like, whatever. You know, it, it's cool. I just, well, you should just read the word and pray and that's good enough. Can I be, be real, real, real honest with you? There's a lot of churches that are dying. They're reading the word every week. So, and I love the word of God. My gosh, don't hear that. The word of God, I, I will preach until the day God calls me home. It is, it is sharper than any two-edged sword, and it does bring life. But obviously, I think the fact that you can't just get up and, I mean, if that's all it was, I would just, well, just bring the word. You don't need people or, or any kind of gifts or talents that you've given anybody. We don't need that. We should just play a recording. You're not needed. You know, I'm sorry, Sarah. But I, we just get, put a tape recorder up here and press play. I should pause for a second. If you're under 30, a tape recorder is something that... <laughs> We used to have cassettes, and they would, you know, and, and sometimes the tape would, you have to use your finger, and anyway, I don't have time to Google it, okay? So, but it, it's so, so I'm like, whatever. There's church, if you want, just, well, I think it's just offensive that you would just get up and make light and humorous. Can I tell you what I think is offensive? Boring churches. That's what, that's what I think is offensive to God. I, I really do. Like, I, I think it's, I think, well, what I don't get, since we're on this rant, okay, me, I'm on the, okay. What I don't get is how you can actually get up and read the living word of God. Read the living word of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ and not get a little bit excited about it. See, I don't get that. That's what I don't understand. See, I don't believe church should be something that you have to tolerate. I think it should be something that we celebrate. We've got the greatest freaking news in the world. Jesus was dead, but today he lives. And because of that, we have hope. Somebody shout hope. We've got it. So if this doesn't for you, I love you and I'll help point you to a place that I hope is. I get it. There's different churches for different people. I believe it with all my heart. When you're planted, you will grow. When you grow, you'll produce fruit. An apple tree that is planted doesn't have to think to itself, gosh, I hope I produce apples someday. Mm, I'm really going to try hard to, to pop out an apple. No. If it's healthy and it's growing, it don't have to think about what it's producing. It's just producing. It's a byproduct. This, this, this message, if you, if you get it, what I'm saying is if you're faithful, 
to what God is doing in you and you're faithful to the word and you won't just receive it, but you'll actually take it and do something with it, it will change your life. Not immediately probably, but eventually, I'll guarantee you. It, 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 you, can't, you can't not change when you're planted. Your purpose is to be planted. And back to the tree illustration, if I took you this week in my backyard and we're out there and I, I show you this huge oak tree and I'm like, check out that tree, it's pretty awesome, isn't it? And you're like, dang, that's nice. And I'm like, yeah. You know how guys just like to brag about anything in their yard. So I'm like, yeah, it is nice, isn't it? I planted that baby yesterday. If I told you that, you would think I was smoking that tree. That's what you would think. God, you planted it yesterday? Thing is 30 feet, you know, tall. Of course not. But that's what we expect in the culture today. Oh, I tried it once. I did it once. Read God's word once. Oh, and it didn't transform you. Oh, I can't believe it. It's like it takes time. When is the best, best time to plant a tree? Well, yesterday. That's the best time to plant a tree, honestly. When is the next best time to plant a tree? Now. Today. This is the best time now because yesterday is gone. So, what do, so pastor, sum it up. What do I need to be planted? It, it, it's kind of like Jesus' parable in agriculture. To be healthy and to be planted, you need probably four things that, that when it comes to what, as we look at what goes on in our world today. You certainly need good soil. Jesus talked about that in the parables. You need good soil. If you're not planted in good soil, well, you have no chance for your roots to go, to go down deep. Good soil, when I talk about good soil, I'm looking at soil. I'm looking at soil right now. Where are you planted? Church-wise, people-wise, who are you centering yourself around? Who are, you, who are you listening to? Are you planted in good soil? Is it, is it feeding you positive nutrients? Is it helping your roots go down deep, deep and your trunk raise up strong? This is soil. You need good soil. You need light, right? You ain't gonna grow without light. You ain't, but, but the Bible says, check this out. The word is a lamp to my feet, a light unto my path. The word of God, a lamp to my feet. If we ever needed to get under God's word, and we've always needed to get under God's word, it is now. It is a lamp to your feet. I tell you, 10 minutes a day for the rest of your days will change your days. The word of God will change you. you but you can't just read it once and say, all right. You, you need to apply it. You need to, that's why we have life groups to help each other. Good soil, we help each other. How do you read the word of God? How do you apply it? What do you use? I don't get it. That's why we do life together. You need water to grow. Jesus said, I am living water. That's what he said. Whoever believes in me, whoever drinks from me will never thirst again. When is the best time to plant? Yesterday. When is the next best time? Now. Do not wait until someday to do what God is calling you to do this day. God, today is the day. Today is the day. Will you plant? Will you get in for the long haul? Will you trust God in an area of your life and let the roots grow down deep? Or are you planted? Say, I'm a seed. You're a seed. Sometimes I wish, you know how like on packets of seeds for your garden or you buy a little tree that's really nothing, but you look at the, the picture of what it's gonna be 
and you're like, that's what I want. In 30 years, I can't wait. You know, I wish you could see the packet. I wish you could see your packet. Like God's got your packet. And he sees, this is why. This is why. This is why they exist. This is why I love them so much. This is their purpose in life. This is what I created them for. Oh, it's so beautiful. Oh, it's so majestic. Oh, the fruit they'll produce. Oh, the lives they'll change. Oh, if they only knew. I think if you knew what you as a seed would produce, if you knew it, if you could see it, you would dive down in the dirt. You would shove yourself so deep into the dirt and plant, you would. But you don't have that picture. You've just got the promises of God that says that picture is there. And those promises are true. The reality is, as I talk about a seed, you know what some of you might think? I'm no good as a seed. You don't know where I've been. You don't know what I've done. I'm literally broken. Like I can't produce anything good. I wouldn't grow the right way. I wouldn't produce the right fruit. I'm broken. Others feel like you're dead on the inside, an area of your life. I'm a dormant seed, I'm a dead seed, plant me, but nothing will happen, nothing will produce. I've tried before. Say, I'm a seed, I'm a seed. I'll come back to that in just a second. This has been, this has been a few years, but some years ago, I was traveling up in northern South Dakota, and uh, I mean, you would never go there unless you, I mean, you've, you've probably never been to the town that I've been to. You blink and it's gone. It's, it's a small town. It's where my parents met. And I rarely go there, but I was traveling there because it was my grandma's 75th birthday. So I'm traveling there to meet other family members and stuff. And it's a hot day in July. And I stop at a cemetery. So I stop at the cemetery. You would never probably stop there. Again, you don't know where this town is. You don't know where the cemetery probably is. And it would mean nothing to you, but it meant something to me. My dad is buried there. So my father died when I was 10. And, I, and I, don't get to, I don't get to this area much. So when I do get there, like for a 75th birthday party for my grandma, I stop. So this day, a hot day in July, and I pull over and it's desolate. No one, nobody around, it's on a hill, big cross, you know. And it looks like a lot of cemeteries, I mean, on those hot days. You, you, you kind of get what you expect. It's gonna, you know, gonna be a lot of dead grass and a lot of, you know, trampled on grass, people walking and visiting that had been there before. But it was interesting. I, I got something that I didn't expect. I knew where his gravestone is, where other family members are, and I knew where my dad is buried. So as I'm walking up there, I expect to see what, what you always see, you know? Kind of a gray day. Dead grass. Grave sites. I get closer, and I get to his actual grave site, what I didn't expect was to see these, these flowers that had been planted. Beautiful flowers. And they were fresh. I, they must have just been planted. I have no idea who planted them. No idea. None. But they were there. And I thought, how oh, God must have, you know, I don't know, he knew. I'm a, it wasn't a special, what, my dad's a veteran. It wasn't Veterans Day. It wasn't Memorial Day. It wasn't something like, oh, it wasn't a lot of any other graves, but it was on his. And I sat there thinking, what are the chances? I didn't tell anybody, I'm going to go visit the grave. Wow, let's make it good. Like, no. And there's these beautiful flowers, and I sat there staring at them. And I thought to myself, that's, that's what God does. God can take something so colorless in your life, so gray in your world, and he just can infuse and inject something so beautiful to make it look so incredible. 
I thought, that's what God does. It wasn't a gravesite. It was like a garden. It was just, it was just unbelievable. And it wasn't the whole thing, but just this little area. And I was focused on the area. I could have focused on everything else that looked really dead, but I chose to focus on something that looked really alive. And God was teaching me, I believe it, looking back now and reflecting on it, I know God was teaching me something. Monty, I'm in the business of making drab things, dark things, gray things in your life come back to life. Like I'm in the business of injecting a life, blood, color into you. It's what I do. It's who I am. I'm in the business of taking a grave, something that represents death and turning it into a garden, something that represents life. That's what I do. So for the person, for that seed, say, I'm a seed. For the seed that's broken, I got, I got some good news for you. For the seed that you're like, I'm a dead seed. I'm a dead person on the inside. I got good news for you. A seed, you know, before a seed can sprout, guess what it has to do? It has to break. You know, when I found Jesus, I was the most broken I'd ever been in my life. Now reflecting back, it makes perfect sense. Something has to die before something can come to life. Something has to die before something can come to life. Maybe your seed is dead. Maybe that's not a bad thing because God wants to resurrect a new thing. What if God wants to do that? I want to take what is dead and I want to bring it back to life. You, you, you're broken and I want to do something. I came here to tell somebody something, okay? I came here to tell you something and you something. That God is in the business. He wants to take your pain and turn it into purpose. God wants to take the brokenness that you feel right now. He wants to turn it into beautiful. God, see what you thought was actually a grave. It's no grave at all. It's actually a garden. God turns graves into gardens. God turns mourning into daytime. God turns shame into glory. It's what he does. Thank you, Jesus. turning graves into gardens. You thought you were burying something that was dead. You're burying a seed that wants to burst into life. I don't have a lot of tattoos, but I do have two, both right in this area. One of them's John 14, 6. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The other is John 15, 5. I am the vine and you are the branches. Abide in me and you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Somebody, God wants you to abide in him. God wants you to cling to him, his son Jesus. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Remember the first three? No fruit. The last one, fruitful. Well, I've done good things in life, and maybe I don't believe in Jesus. You'll never do anything eternal. They might look good in the world, they might look good on paper. They might look good to your boss. They're just not eternal. Apart from me, you can do nothing. For anybody that's ready to get planted, for anybody that's ready for your roots to grow down deep, it starts, and some of you know this, but it starts with Jesus. Remember that? That water? That water is a necessary ingredient, that living water. 
I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to Father except through me. So you're saying that I can't get to God without Jesus? That is exactly what I'm saying. Like, I couldn't be any more clear. Neither could the Bible. Salvation is only found in Him. This is not our home. Life begins when this life ends. But your true life, your purpose can start today when you're planted in Him. For anybody that needs to receive what I received about 13 years ago that changed my life, the life-giving water of Jesus, it's available today. Would you believe that he's God's son? Would you believe that that cross on Calvary was real, a real place where a real murder took place? It's where they killed him. Would you believe that three days later when they went to the tomb, it's funny, when I left my dad's grave, you know what I thought? And it was probably God planting a, a, a thought, he ain't there anyway. He ain't there anyway. I mean, his bones are probably down there somewhere, but he ain't there. He's not there. He's not there. You can visit and you can mourn, and that's okay. But he is not there. That's what they said when they came to the tomb. I kid you not, the women come to the tomb. You know what the angel told them? Oh, you're looking for Jesus of Nazareth? He ain't here. He's not here. Oh, you're looking for your dad in that grave? Well, you can come and visit the grave, but your dad ain't there. He's not there. He's not there. Jesus wasn't there. He was alive. The greatest miracle in history took place. The resurrection of Jesus Christ. For you to get planted, you have to plant yourself around that miracle. You have to plant yourself around that miracle and believe by faith that Jesus Christ is God's son. That he died on a cross and that he rose from the dead. And there's so many people. Oh yeah, yeah, whatever, that's cool. You believe it here, but you're not planted. It's not planted here because there's no fruit. See, that was me. I had the head knowledge of Jesus, no heart relationship. I wasn't planted. Don't let that be you. Would you sell out to the King of King and Lord of Lords? Watching online, I know we have a huge online audience. Whether you're watching online or you're here today, let us know. We'll pray for you. We'll walk with you. You can type, I choose Jesus. Text it to 474747. You can do that here too. Or you can fill out the cards. I don't care how you do it. For God's sakes, do it. Don't leave here until you know you're rooted in, in, in Jesus Christ. Apart from him, you have nothing. Oh, guy, I have a 401k. I got a big, who cares? Who cares? It doesn't matter. You visit gravesites enough, you'll realize this isn't our home. This isn't our home. God turns mourning into dancing. I'm going to pray for you. And I want to invite the team up. We're going to worship in song. We're going to worship in prayer. We, and we want to pray for you. Sarah will mention it, but I want to tell you, we're going to have the prayer team up here right after the song. I've already talked to some of you. Do not leave here. If you need prayer, and here's a hint, if you're breathing, you need prayer. Father, there's a pandemic going on, God. I know I'm not telling you anything you don't know. Nothing happens without crossing your desk. But I'm not talking about COVID, God. I'm talking about a world that is not planted in you. And God, I'm not pointing fingers. Who am I? Probably the biggest sinner in the room, it would be my guess. And, and I, I spent most of my life not planted in you. I know this, it's so much better when you plant 
and you let your roots grow down deep. But most people, Father, are not there. And I, 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 God, I'm asking that your Holy Spirit right now will move in such a mighty way in this place today and online today that you would bring people to a place of total surrender, total brokenness. Seeds don't grow until they're broken. Seeds don't, when a seed dies, a, a plant comes to life. Somebody needs to die today, God. Die to self so they can start living for you. They know who they are. Your Holy Spirit is speaking to them right now, God. You're moving through the room and online right now, God. Do what only you can do. But this is my prayer, and I can't get by that word produce, God. I can't get by it. What you said is they heard the word of God. They listened to the word of God. They understood the word of God. And they produced. That was the key. That was it. They did something. Like, you'll always do your part. Your grace covers a multitude of sins. But when our faith is connected to it, God, when we do our part, oh my gosh, the flowers that will break out, the gardens that will burst forth, the life change that will happen will be extraordinary, supernatural. So church, what I'm asking you to do right now is ask where you're at with that king named Jesus. Sell out to him all the way today. Allow yourself to get planted deep into soil. Receive the water. Receive the light. Do what God is telling you to do. But I'm really asking you before you leave here, you put, really, really ask yourself, where are you at? Are you hardened? Is your heart hard to what you're hearing? Are you shallow? Do you get excited in church and it feels good, but as soon as you get out in the world, you look, at, you look and act no different than anybody else. If that's you, Gosh, you're in good company. That was me most of my life. Are you worldly? Do you spend way too much time focused on the things of the world rather than the things of God? Or are you planted? If you are, I, I praise God. But if you're not, I pray you'll take a step. I pray you'll take whatever your step is. It'll be different for everybody in this room. But do what God is calling you to do. I promise if you do, you'll never regret it. He is a good God. He created you on purpose, not just to blow around in the wind like a seed, but to go down deep in the dirt, deep in healthy soil, and blossom up and live a life like nobody else could ever live because you're one of a kind. And God created you on purpose for a purpose. Why would you settle for anything else, church? You shouldn't. You never should. You're way too valuable. God loves you so much, and he proved it on a cross on Calvary and in a grave that is no longer that is no longer full, of a, full, but it's empty. And because of that, we have hope. And because of that, we'll never stop saying, the best is yet to come. In Jesus' name I pray and we all say, amen. Hey, thanks so much for watching today, but don't stop there. We wanna invite you to be part of our Meadows family. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe to our Meadows YouTube channel. That way you don't miss a single video, update, or message. And not only that, share this message with a friend. I encourage you. So many people are looking for hope and encouragement and you and I have the ability to bring it to them. So again, thanks for watching and God bless you.